0: Uh, thank you, Beverly, for your communion sharing, too. That was really great. And uh, I know you were nervous, but you couldn't tell. God used you in a a big way here. So uh, we're continuing our series, if you're visiting with us, called Greater Love. And uh, I want to thank Jake for that awesome slide right there. (laughs) That was great. If I was doing it, it wouldn't have been so awesome. So we're grateful to have one of the many reasons to have them here spruces up our PowerPoint a little bit. Uh, But I just want to thank all of you that served for MLK Day. How many of you served last weekend for MLK Day? We served down at the Coachella Valley Rescue Mission, and it was just amazing to have over 100 people there doing all kinds of different projects, uh, feeding them lunch and dinner, doing yard work, organizing, you know, hanging out, talking with, it was just amazing to walk around and just see people having conversations with all the residents sitting down and they're getting deep and having great time and I just felt like God used us in amazing way and we followed up with the our friend the board member Matt List who came to church a while back and and at the end of our conversation he says you know I got to be honest with you guys we weren't sure you guys were going to actually show up And I was like, well, what are you talking about here? I mean, we got together, we talked on the phone, we, sent, we told you how many people we had, and he said, you know, that happens so many times that people say they're going to be there, they say they're going to show up with 50 people, and they show up with like four. You know, and so many people, I mean, as you walked around the place, I mean, obviously they're not uh, hurting for, for money, I mean, the place is... A, tens of millions of dollars for that place. I'm not a realtor, but, man, that was a nice place. You know, I'm like, some people are like, hey, I want to be homeless if I get to live here. I mean, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) But even though they have a lot of resources, they don't have a lot of people that are willing to show up and give their hearts, and not just show up and, and be a body, but to show up the way you showed up. And to give your heart and to give yourselves in an amazing way. So I just wanted to encourage you and really encourage God for what he did on that weekend. I believe it's the beginning of, of something greater uh, in an amazing way. Uh, as we get started here today, uh, my son will probably get embarrassed, but today's his 17th birthday. Uh, uh, I mean, what are the odds that it would be on a Sunday... And that I would actually be preaching. So, I mean, that's pretty good odds. So next year, you're safe. Um, And uh, he just told me not to put it on Facebook next year. But this wasn't Facebook, so. uh, (laughs) um, You know, it's amazing. Uh, I'm super proud of Connor, and uh, I won't embarrass him any further here. But uh, God's been good to us with our family in an amazing way. Uh, we'll just, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I wanted to also share with you some good news there that our own Natalie Para started dating this past Monday. There's Natalie. Uh, an awesome brother named Orlando from Long Beach. Uh, so we're, we're excited for her. Uh, where was she, where'd she go? Oh, there she is right there. Uh, so uh, we're, we're fired up about that. Seems like an awesome brother uh, as we've gotten to know him. And the best news of all, if you haven't heard already, how many people have heard the best news ever in, for the Desert Cities Church? I mean, you know what it is. If you don't think, if you don't know what it is, you, you, you haven't heard it. Gabe Algara got a kidney. Some of you are like, that, is that the best news ever? But yeah, It is. We've been waiting for five and a half years, uh, six years praying for Gabe, fasting for Gabe. I don't know how many times Gabe's asked for prayers and advice from all of you. So it's kind of a group win. And the amazing thing was he was, for those of you who are know Gabe, he, he applied to over a hundred jobs also and he was unlucky to get one. He couldn't find a job. And so on this past Monday, he got a job and a kidney in the same day. You know, God has a sense of humor. When you just wait forever and then it happens on the same day, Uh, what an amazing uh, miracle that that God did. So a lot of times we ask for prayers and we got to make sure we thank God when he answers the prayers that we've been asking for. And so we do want to thank God there uh, in an amazing way. So here's my uh, sermon for today. Jesus... Teacher, preacher, and healer. Wow, what was that? Okay, Jesus, teacher, preacher, and healer. And so I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it today. Uh, is to repeat after me, you know. So I want you to do this. I'm going to say, Jesus, the teacher. Jesus the teacher. Jesus the preacher. Jesus. And Jesus the healer. Jesus the healer. Okay, so now we're going to put it all together. Jesus, the teacher, preacher, and healer. No, that was just me. You're going to repeat after me. We don't do this too often. Okay, so now you you do it. Jesus, teacher, preacher, and healer. Okay, you got the whole sermon right there. That's what I want you to remember. Jesus The teacher, preacher, and healer. That's it. We could just be done right now. But we're not. In Matthew chapter 9, we're going to read this about him. And I want you to think about Jesus, his teaching, his preaching, and his healing in your own life. That Jesus wants to teach you and preach to you and heal you. And he wants us as a church to do the same. To teach and to preach and to heal like he did. And in Mark Matthew chapter 9 it says Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. That's just one verse in the Bible. That Jesus didn't just go to certain towns. He didn't just go to the big towns. He didn't just go to little towns. He didn't go to the popular towns. He went to all the towns and all the villages. And he preached in all the synagogues. So if there was ten or more men together in their families and they had a synagogue, Jesus went there to teach about the kingdom of God and about who he was, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, So in every place that he went, he proclaimed the the bad news that sin has separated you from God and the good news that he is coming to provide forgiveness and a way back to God. And when you look at the the way that he did that was phenomenal. It says that he healed every disease and sickness. Everyone. Every cold. Every cough, every asthma situation, every pneumonia, every person that was demon possessed, every hand that was swollen up, every person that had cancer, everybody that was, didn't even know what they had, people that were blind from birth, people that even had already died. Jesus healed every disease and sickness. You know, we learned at our marriage retreat last, uh, a few last month that your memory is a test. Your, your memory is stored where? In the
1: back.
0: In the back? Okay, that's pretty close. Any, any other answers? Joel? Your, your memories are not stored in the amygdala. The limbic system, okay. That's okay. Amygdala is your fight or flight, right? So if your memories were there, that's not good, because every time you remember something, you start... I gotta go! I gotta leave! I'm gonna fight! Punch you! (laughs) Oh man. I gotta get back on track. Your memories are stored in your emotions, which are found in your limbic system. Basically, when something powerful happens to you, emotional happens to you, amazing happens to you, terrifying happens to you, scary happens, you remember. If something is non emotional, you forget. And so Jesus went and he healed every disease and sickness. And so imagine the boy is possessed by a demon and Jesus comes up and you're the dad and he heals your son. And he gets up and you have him back after his whole life being like this. How are you going to feel? You're going to be bone like a baby. You're never going to forget that day. Neither is your son. Neither is your aunt. Neither is the the mom. And what are you going to do with that? You're going to remember Jesus. So every time Jesus healed someone, he wasn't just healing them, but in their minds, they they were remembering Jesus. Jesus was my healer. Jesus was my guide. And that was part of his ministry. He didn't do that for accident. He know. He, God cre- he created us to remember those things. Why do you think he did so much healing in his ministry? So that people would be healed and remember him. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. That Jesus' heart was broken as he looked out over the, the world and the people that were following him. And he said they were like sheep without a shepherd. Man, that's a lot of pain. That's a lot of suffering. That's a lot of lostness. He says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, I don't know what the disciples were feeling at that moment. If they were looking out going, wow, the harvest is plentiful. God is going to do some amazing things. I don't think that's where they always were. But that's where Jesus was. He said, the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let's say a prayer and then we're going to continue here. Father, I do pray that you open up our hearts today. God, help us to be the people that see what Jesus saw when he looked out. God, help us to see his heart and his life and his ministry, God, help us to be the ones that that heal and teach and preach like him. I pray that even today that you teach and preach and heal us, God. We need healing, and you're the one that is the healer, God. We love you so much, we pray in his name, amen. Okay, so we're going to talk about this today, Jesus' teaching, preaching, and healing ministry. And when you look through the Gospels, he's doing these three things over and over and over. This is his heart. His heart is to teach people the truth, to make what was clear, not clear in the Old Testament, clear in the New Testament, to bring scriptures that related to him and make it plain and obvious, to protect the truth that God had given him. And he preached the good news and he healed people. So I want you to think about Your life and your ministry and think about your teaching ministry for God, the people that you're teaching, the people that you're helping to understand the word of God more clearly. And who they are and what you're trying to get them to understand and what they're missing and what they need. And how so many people do not know the word of God. They go by their emotions. They go by whatever the, the, the flavor of the day is, whatever the philosophy of the time is. You know, think about your preaching ministry for a second. People, The, the people that you are trying to help understand the good news, the best news, the most amazing news in history. That they can be with God. That they have true Love is there for you. And it doesn't matter if you had it growing up or what you learned, that you can understand unconditional love that every single person is searching for. Jesus walked around with that burning on his heart. With every person that he encountered, he wanted them to have the good news. He did. That's why he went to every single place. It wasn't enough just to talk to a few people or most people. But then he also healed and brought love and brought encouragement. Because we're not really spiritual all the time, are we? We're not. People, when I first started coming out, they started talking to me about the Bible and about this, and I'm just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. All I know is that my life's not where, it's, where I want it to be, and I want it to be better. Right. And if Jesus can do something about that, then I'm interested. Right. All these scriptures and whatnot, I didn't know, have a clue. But Jesus went through teaching, preaching, and healing everywhere that he went. Usually, I go through, and we have three points in our sermon, today we have one point. And you already got it. The teaching, preaching, and healing of Jesus. I believe he wants us to look at our own lives and look at our own teaching and how he's teaching us and how we're teaching others and how he's preaching to us and what he is putting on our heart and what we are preaching and teaching and sharing with others. And how he's trying to heal each one of us. Because just because you're forgiven doesn't mean you're healed. There's a lot of broken people in here that have been coming to church for a long time. He wants to continue to heal you. And he wants to continue to use you to heal others. Jesus, the healer. Can you imagine what it would have been like? to be one of the twelve or one of the seventy-two that he gave them the power, he passed it along to them. He says, okay, now you guys go do this. And so they would go out and they were healing people and so they could see somebody who was blind and just go up to him and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And it would work. And say, you know, you've been sick your entire life. In the name of Jesus, you're healed. You don't want your hands missing. Let me help you grow a new one in the name of Jesus. And in every situation, people leave going, wow, who is Jesus? Who is this guy? You wonder why there were crowds around him. Well, you just figured it out. Who is Jesus? This healer. that He can do it, but then he can also send out his disciples to do it. That he's that powerful that he doesn't even have to be there. That's amazing. That he healed every disease and sickness among the people. Amen. That they could look and literally see, this is what I was like before Jesus. And this is what I'm like after Jesus. Before Jesus, I couldn't walk and now I can run. I couldn't see and now I can see. I was dead and now I'm alive. That he gives us that, I love this picture, that literally the picture of darkness and the picture of this fruitful tree. That so many of us, we have that same story before our sins were forgiven and after our sins were forgiven. But he was giving that picture to people literally so that people could see. You know, my question to all of us and to myself is, When people meet you, do they say, this is what I was like before I met you, and this is what I was like after I met you? This is the kind of different, this is the healing that you brought into my life, and you said it was from Jesus. That's the way the disciples lived. They gave themselves so that people could see Jesus in their life, and they didn't praise them, but they said, who is this Jesus. That's what a disciple is. That's what God's called us to be. Jesus, the healer. I mean, imagine just time after time. I mentioned the demon-possessed boy before. Going up to somebody, spitting on the ground, putting dirt and mud and putting it in their eyes. And then they can see. Jesus blew people's minds that they couldn't hear and he would come up and he'd put their hands on their ears and just say, here you go. You're healed. Time after time. And I mentioned already, Jesus, my healer, when we go down into the waters of baptism and get healed of all of our sins, we get a new life that only Jesus can provide. And yet, in the entire ministry of Jesus, you know how many people he baptized? Zero. He didn't have to. He just forgave people's sins. Yeah. He didn't have to baptize. He said, Your sins are forgiven. Chris, Drew, your sins are forgiven. Godalo, you're good. Don, you're fine. That he could just see people's faith and forgive their sins. He didn't need to baptize them. And he hadn't rose from the dead yet, so the spirit wasn't put inside of people yet. Jesus, the teacher, preacher, and healer. In Exodus 15, it says, I am the Lord that heals you. Right now, God wants to heal each one of us. And we all need it. I know I need it. Do you need it? He wants to take your brokenness and make you whole. To take your hopelessness and give you hope. In Isaiah 58, you know, uh, this. I thought this sermon was going to be kind of a normal sermon this week. And I showed up with to meeting with the staff here on Thursday. said, guys, I don't know what's happening, but this is not a normal week. Because I read this chapter in Isaiah 58. This is an excerpt. He says, feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine from the darkness and darkness around you will become bright as noon. I want you, you may or may not remember these numbers. If you're a numbers guy, maybe you will. 14, 19, and 20. From Isaiah 58, it's like a secret code. If you could unlock this code, you can save the nation of Israel. What am I talking about? In Isaiah 58... Isaiah goes through 14 sinful conditions that their nation is in. He gives them 17 directions and challenges, and he gives them also 20 promises. Now, I want to take a minute. The book of Isaiah was written a long time ago, from about 740 B.C. Right before the nation of Israel went into captivity... And the Judah wasn't going to go into captivity for a long time. What does that mean? You may not really know. Their response to these challenges was going to determine the future of their nation. If they took it to heart, God was going to help them. And if 20 years later, Israel didn't take them to heart and he totally destroyed their nation. He took the best people, all the people that were in charge, and he took them 1,500 miles away and said, you know what, you didn't listen to me, now I'm not going to listen to you. For 70 years, you're going to think about it. And then I'm going to bring your great-grandkids back here. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky. Is he talking to us today, too? Does he have certain challenges for us as a people? For me as an individual, for you as an individual, for us as a nation. That if we accept them, we're going to go in a good way. And if we reject them, then he's going to take us in a bad way. Do I believe that's true? Yes, I do. I believe that your life will ultimately be determined by how you respond to the word of God. Whether you listen or don't listen, that's going to be the big question and answer time of our lives. This has been on my heart for a long time. Let's start looking at Isaiah 58 here, would you? These are are the first eight of the sinful conditions that I was talking about, and I want to go through them. He says, this is why God was not fired up with Israel. He said, to declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. Day after day, number two, day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. Number three, as if they were a nation that does what is right. Number four, and has not forsaken the commands of its God. Five, they ask me for just decisions. Six, and seem eager for God to come near them. Seven, why have we fasted, God, and you have not seen it? Eight. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Nine, on the day of your fasting, you do as, your, as you please. Ten, and exploit all of your workers. Eleven, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. Is there some quarreling and strife going on in our nation right now or what? And in striking each other with wicked fists, thirteen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Fourteen, is it for lying around in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord. And now you may be asking yourself at this point like, whoa, ho ho, wait a second here. This is feeling kind of negative. <laughs> You know, because today, in our world today, if you haven't seen this, we are so concerned with being upbeat and, and positive and giving me a, a good vibe and, and being encouraging and, you know, what did you say? Sugar warnings. Sugar warnings, you know, Sugar. We, we are so... Trigger, trigger warning. Trigger warnings. See, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. But as soon as anyone starts to raise their voice, we start to shut down. Yep. You go, well, that person's not being very nice. Yep. So I don't need to listen. You know, if you would say that in a little bit nicer way, maybe I would listen. You wonder why people don't want to read the Bible.
1: Right.
0: That was Jesus. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Jesus was strong. Jesus was loud. Jesus was uncomfortable. He was passionate. He was purposeful. And he was pointed. And he called it like it is. And if people saw him today, they would go running the other way. Like, who is this guy and who does he think he is? And you know what? That's the reason why they killed him. The world hasn't changed a whole lot. Six, 14, 17, however many it is, 14 sinful conditions. And I pray that we listen. Was this what God wanted for his people? No. He didn't want his people to suffer. He didn't want them to get where they ignored him and when they turned their back on him. But then he continues and he gave them, you still with me? This is important. Okay, 19 is next. 19 directions and challenges. So he tells them where they're at, what's going on, and then he says, okay, you want to get out of this? Do you want to change? Do you want to put yourself in a better situation before me? And hopefully the answer was? Hopefully the answer was yes. He says, okay, here's what you do. You need to loose the chains of injustice. Number two, untie the cords of the yoke. Help people out, basically. Number three, set the oppressed free. Number four, break every yoke. There's a song out, Break Every Chain. I love that song. Number five, share your food with the hungry. Six, provide the poor wanderer with shelter. Seven, clothe the naked. Eight, don't turn away from your own flesh and blood. Nine, do away with the, the yoke of oppression. And ten, with the pointing finger. Heal people. <clears throat> Help people. Don't just walk by. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Like Jeff said in, in his contribution. Do just do it. <laughs> Don't think about it. Do it for God, but do it. He said do away with malicious talk, spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry. Satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Stop doing as you please on my holy day. Call the Sabbath a delight. Honor the Lord's day and the Lord. Don't go your own way. Go God's way. Don't do as you please. And don't speak idle words. God's not impressed by our words. He's impressed by our faith and by our deeds. And we can talk a really good game sometimes of all the things we're doing for Jesus and all the ways we're helping him out. And I can be right in the same boat. What's the whole goal? What are we trying to do? We're trying to please God. You know... This has been the burning question on my heart for the past 15 years. What are we doing, God? What do you want from us? Where are we headed?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, our churches as a whole. Some big questions. You know, we, we're barely, we're, we're moving along. We're barely going. We're growing at an extremely small rate. Ever think why that is? What is God doing? What am I? What am I missing? What are you missing? What are we missing? I don't know. Is this it? I don't know. It could be. It could be one of the many things that we need to get. But when I look at the preaching, teaching, and healing ministry of Jesus, I am extremely lack at the healing part. I'm not perfect on the other two, but I'm I'm horrible at this one. And so are we. We just had MLK Day, and for a lot of us, that will be our last service project until August when we bring stuff in for the backpacks. Don't get defensive. I know you're thinking, okay, well, no, you don't know. I did a few other things in between that time. I'm, I'm saying, okay, think about 2018, your healing ministry. Think about 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014. It's hard to do, isn't it? But, but what about this? What, that's not what I'm talking about. That's why there's only one point, so we can't talk about the other
1: points.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. This is something that as a church we decided we are going to be a church that serves the poor. Amen. And I'm not convinced because we've had a lot of other good ideas that didn't happen too. Yeah. I've gotten on one thing and I've gotten back on another thing and then I've gotten on another thing and then I forgot what the first thing was. Yeah. So my question to you is what's happened in your healing ministry since the MLK day? That's the goal. The goal isn't, oh, we're going to have our family group do something once a month. That's great, but you're not gonna, that doesn't matter for you. That's just to get you going. That's just to get you thinking. That's just to get you dreaming. That's just to get you thinking. What am I going to do to help someone today? Who am I going to encourage? Am I going to go visit someone, my neighbor? Am I going to say hi to my coworker? Am I going to pray for someone that's hurting? Am I going to stop? You know, a couple weeks ago we stopped. There was a woman and her two kids, and she was happened to be out by her car like this, and we stopped and helped her change the tire. It took 15 minutes. We were late for wherever we were going. It was, such a, it was such a small thing. But will you stop when you drive by somebody that's on the side of the road? Will you stop tomorrow? You know, when you see someone hurting. When someone asks for money, will you give them a dollar? Will you buy them a Big Mac? They're hurting. Yeah, they might use it on something else. So what? So what? They're going to go buy a quart of Jack Daniels. The Bible says give beer to those who are perishing. Maybe they got a lot of stuff to forget. That's not on me. I want to have the heart like Jesus. I want to bring healing to those around me. And I got my excuses and you got yours. So I pray that we think about this today because it doesn't end here. The 20 is bigger than the other two, which is always nice. He gives them 20 promises. If you do this, I'm going to blow your mind. Amen. If you respond, I'm going to blow your mind. It says, your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Number three, your righteousness will go before you. for the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. God's got your back. Five, I will answer when you call. You will cry for help and God will say, here am I. Your light will rise in the darkness. Your night will become like noonday. Your darkness will be gone. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. When it gets tough, God will get you through. Number 11, he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. Does that sound like this? It sure does to me. You will raise up age-old foundations. You will restore this. And you will save people because of it. Maybe you will save our nation from whatever it is that God's got planned if we don't go this way. You will be the restorer of streets with dwellings then you will find joy in the Lord. God will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance in the vict- of your father Jacob. That's amazing. God is ready to blow your mind yep. and mine. All we gotta do is respond. That's a promise from God that he will bless us in amazing ways. I don't know about you. I want to do it. Decide right now. I want to be someone that heals people. I want to be a healer. yeah, We're not talking about all the stuff we talked about earlier. You're not going to be raising people from the dead. But you can bring healing. You can bring love. People can see you and go, man... Jesus isn't too bad. I, I didn't used to like Christians, but now I kind of do. <laughs> you don't think the people at the rescue mission saw that? Yeah, sure. that, That's not, we were just there just trying to do a few projects and try to love a few people. But that's not what they saw. They saw, wow, that's different. That's Jesus. They didn't just paint the walls. I mean, they're, they're talking to people and loving up on them and encouraging them. That's just a small piece. The most important part of this is if this does not become our new normal, then we will go back to our old normal. Yeah,
1: that's
0: true. So I've got to ask you a question. For your, think about your New Year's resolutions here. We're twenty seven days into it. Who's got one that they still are doing? Okay. Uh, all right, Nikki, what's what's yours? <laughs> okay. Oh, oh so you my
1: New Year's resolution this year is what my resolution. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay. So she's being as mean as possible, hoping that he'll get the message. No, I don't even want to ask you what you're doing to try to do that. I want to talk about Poncho for a minute. He has no idea that I'm doing this. I just he's a good friend of mine, so I can do it to him. We were talking the other day after our spin class, and he shared with me a few a few details about his life. Personal things, you know, he put himself out there. You know, he said, you know how many spin classes I went to in December? Guess how many he went to in December? Zero. And then he said, you know how much food I ate in December? A lot. He said it was good food, though. And now he's been going to spin class twice a week. 55 minutes of pure pain twice a week. And I asked him about I said, why are you doing this? He said, man, I just got to get going. Come on, and so last week, not only did he go to spin class for 55 minutes, then he went to play soccer afterwards. I'm like, why would you ever do that? And then I saw him on uh, Wednesday, and he could hardly walk.
1: <laughs> I mean...
0: And he's, I'm like, how are you getting around the job sites? And he's like, oh, I don't know, I'm just kinda. But the point was made, to make a new normal, you gotta do something radical to start the ball. You don't just kinda ease into it, you don't just kinda think about it and do all your research and You know, you can go and just say, Well, I'm gonna study out the New Testament and look for all the scriptures that talk about serving the poor and all the scriptures on healing and you know that I'm gonna do that for an entire year. No, don't do that. I mean do that. But do something. Do something about it. Figure out why do I want to do this. Make a plan the right plan and do it. Why do I want to do this? Make the right plan and do it. Puncher said, hey, I, I can't do this anymore. I got to do, I got to get in shape and he made a plan and he did it and he's doing it and now that I said this, he's got 150 people that are going to ask him about it. <laughs> If you keep it to yourself, you probably won't finish it or do it or do it the way you could do it if you just made the statement. We're going to serve the poor as a church. We're going to do it. That's not just something that we're talking about as a little resolution. This is going to happen. Your family group will serve the poor once a month this year. You may not show up to that. But they're going to do that. God wants it to be a part of our life, just as much as preaching and teaching and reading our Bible is. And who knows what he's got planned. I want to be that guy. Wow, what church do you go to again? Like, so tell me about why do you do this? So your church gets stuff in our neighborhood to help the poor and the homeless. Wow. How come my church doesn't do that? How come I don't do that? That's what the new normal needs to be. You know, I had a same thing happen last year. We started the year. My mom started the year with bypass surgery, emergency bypass surgery. She showed up to the doctor, and they said, you're having a bypass tomorrow. And so she had a bypass tomorrow. Five years earlier, my dad showed up to the doctor. He said, They said, you're having a bypass surgery tomorrow. So both parents, within five years, had bypass surgery. So guess what I started doing? Yeah, hey, I wonder how I'm doing. I'm like, man, can they get in there and look at it early? Because it's probably not doing too good. So last year, this time, I said, "You know what? I'm at the highest weight I've ever been, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to end the year there." Amen. And so guess what I did? I did spin class. I get to see poncho in there. I started doing the rowing machine. I started running. I was always running. I stopped eating. Just all together. Just gave it up. (laughs) See, because you could do all the things in the world. You could work out all day. But if you have Ben and Jerry's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's not, you're still going to go the wrong way. So the question I had to ask myself is, do I really want to lose the weight? I mean, do I really want to? Not just should I, not just is it a good idea, but am I going to? That's the question. So this past year, I lost 15 pounds. Please don't clap. (laughs) That was something that I needed to do. It's it's not that big of a thing. If you set your mind to doing something, you can do it. If you tell people you're going to do it and you make the right plan, Whatever you need to do with God's help, you can do. This is easy for God. Whatever you feel like you can never change, that was the, we, that's the whole sermon. Jesus healed people that never thought they could change. I said last year I started on the sorry, I'm boring you I'm, I'm boring you. all right. I'm over my time. I'll save it for next time. Let's say a prayer. Uh, I pray that you're leaving here thinking about, not thinking about Poncho. Don't think about Poncho. It's not about him. Think about the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. And think about, what am I going to do? To make that my new normal. Let's pray and we'll close out our service. Father, we thank you so much for this time. To be with you, to open up your word, to look at some pretty intense stuff. God, I know that you love us more than life itself. That you created us, that you want us to live in a certain way. I pray that we can live for you. That we can take these things to heart, God. And believe that we can be different as a a person, as an individual, as a church, as a movement. God, help us to please you with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. God, if we're we're stuck, God, help us to remember and think about why why we are stuck, because there's probably something that you're trying to teach us there. God, I pray that you open up our hearts and give us the faith to be able to be your people. Uh, And go before us, I pray for those promises to come through in our day. God, blow our minds. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.